This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On today's agenda, we dissect Borough's winning return to League One before we turn our attention to the visits of Watford and Shrewsbury Town. Welcome to Borough Pod. Here's Dean Campbell, Drowsy! And he's gone! And Stevenage has taken the lead here at Villa Park! And a wild in his ass! have a quick introduction to those that uh, are here today we've got Pat Jackson who's uh, how can I say you're, you're a usual in the borough pod chair yeah regular I hope try and be here as often as I can not as prepared as usual today but you know it's first show of the new season so we're all working our way in a little bit it's good to hear your dulcet tones again it's been uh, a couple of months since we were at Dino's gaff recording the post-season pod so glad to have you back on Cool, as long as that. We're, we're also joined by Ben Adshead. I think is this your first appearance on Borough Pod, Ben? Uh, it is, yes, Steve. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, we've we've got down here that you're an aspiring performance analyst. Tell us what that means. So, um, yeah, really, I it's it's only really come about this summer, but um, I'm currently uh, going. I'm going to go into my third year. Of, of sports science at uh, the University of Leeds and I sort of came to a decision this summer that performance analysis is something that I'm interested in you know I, I love watching football especially Stevenage um, I think it became quite obvious to me maybe a couple of weeks ago that Stevenage is the team I watch the most they're the easiest team for me to analyse and you know I've had, had a very good uh, response to the work I've been doing so far uh, and yeah, really grateful to all the Stevenage supporters uh, who've been giving my stuff a read. So yeah. Yeah, Ben's been putting out some really great Twitter threads of like analysis of new players and playing structures and that sort of stuff. So well worth giving him a follow if you want to drop that out, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ben had said PA on Twitter. Um, yeah, and any interactions are much appreciated. Absolutely, keep them up because uh, they come in useful for any commentators on a Saturday or a Tuesday. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get Dean Thompson on it because you know he's a man who does absolutely no research at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you've probably realised, it's uh, we haven't got Nate running the show tonight. I'm uh, stepping in for him at short notice with very little. Uh, Briefing, no notes and no research. 
Um, I'm Steve Watkins, and I, I do the uh, commentary on BBC Three Counties Radio for those that uh, have, have never come across me. Um, and I know Pat's one of our one of our regular listeners, although he wasn't listening yesterday. Absolutely, I was hosting, so uh, had to be on my best behaviour and paying attention to the other people in the house, which is always a disappointment. <laughs> you know, uh, disappointment. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've, but I've, I think Ben, you you didn't travel yesterday, but you watched the game. Let's uh, let's just quickly actually, actually before we we go into the game, we've probably got a couple of signatures that we need to talk about beforehand. Uh, that occurred quite late before the game uh, during the course of last week. Steve Evans, um, after the uh, pre-season friendly the uh, the week before, he, he he did say that he was looking for another couple of uh, signings, and uh, there's two or three that he's uh, he's got to uh, that were very close to getting over the line. He, he kind of alluded to the fact that they weren't going to be world breakers. Um, which I thought was quite interesting. And then we signed Finley Burns from Manchester City <laughs> on, a, on a year's long loan, um, which which I think was pretty good. Um, didn't know too much about him before yesterday, um, but uh, obviously he's a, he's a player with pedigree if you come from Manchester City. Mm, and it looks like we've got a couple of injuries in that back line with uh, TVC out for a couple of months and Sweeney was missing from the squad this week as well. So... Stepped straight into a starting role, having previously had three starts for Swansea on loan last season and very little experience. But by all accounts, um, played his way into the game and did pretty well second half. So uh, steep learning curve for him, but vital extra depth of that position, given what's happened in the squad over the summer. And I guess if you are Finley Burns, yesterday would have been a a great game to uh, to kick off your Stevenage career with because it's uh, it was competitive. Mm. Yeah, it it certainly was, and you know that first half, uh, Tyree Simpson was causing us all sorts of problems. He was a real handful, um, the the Northampton Town striker. Um, but I think in the second half, I'd argue that out of any of the players in that back three, Burns was the one who was most comfortable dealing with him actually. Um, he's got some great key attributes uh, that I look for in a centre-back. He's really quick. Um, he's he's a tall man. I think he's about 193 centimetres. And he's absolutely excellent in the air. So I was so impressed by Finn Burns in that second half. Uh, and he was actually my man of the match yesterday. Wow, that's a praise indeed. We'll just talk about the the uh, couple of days before the game as well. There was the uh, the other signing, and uh, perhaps another name that didn't kind of uh, well, how can I say? A, a lot of people probably wouldn't have known too much about him. Aaron Presley, um, who joined from Brentford um, on a on a permanent deal as well. Yeah, nice to see that twenty one year old striker coming in on a two year deal with a year's option as well. Scored six in 22 appearances for Accrington last season, which is a reasonable strike rate. And he's got some experience at the level he's going to be playing at for us this year. And on all accounts, impressed on his debut from what I've heard. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that Presley is a real uh, Evans-type striker. 
um, especially after losing, you know, the likes of Rose and Norris. We we really were screaming out for a, for a target man in this system who, the likes of Jamie Reed, uh, Jordan Roberts. I'm really excited to see Elliot List up front with Presley. I think him running off Presley's sort of hold up play could be really effective. Uh, and Presley yesterday, I thought he got really stuck in. Um, there was one point where I, I think it was Monte for Northampton, sort of, he was a big, strong boy, Monte. Mm. And Presley, you know, he, he was he was up for that challenge and he, he managed to shrug Monte off the ball, uh, almost created a, a very good chance for Reed in the middle as well. So yeah, I was really impressed with Presley as well. I think Evans has got two very key signatures in the last week. Yeah, which is great. We were talking on the last show about how the signings had gone and how we built the squad together and that the two biggest glaring weaknesses were not having replaced uh, Norris or Rose yet and only having Dan Butler as a recognised left-back, which could come back to bite us, but looks okay at the moment because Butler looks like you know a step above what we had last year and what you need for playing at this level. So we'll see how that builds up over the next month or so, I guess, and whether we get a second left-back in to... Uh, give us a bit of cover there, whether we get a second um, target man type striker in. But it bodes well for the first 11 as things stand. Um, we only had six subs on Saturday, so that adds a question of like just overall squad depth and how we'll handle that throughout the season. But um, yeah, it, it looks like a good couple of bits of business right towards the end of the window, which is very welcome. Yeah, so, just building off what you... Sorry, Steve. No, go on, Ben. Uh, just, just building off what Pat was saying there about you know any potential incomings, I, I completely agree. Um, I think we could do with another target man just in case Presley gets injured. I did see uh, yesterday Harrogate Town, uh, their striker Luke Armstrong, um, very impressive in League Two for the last couple of years. He is on his way out. Uh, I think Exeter and Port Vale possibly linked with him, but mm. he's someone I'd definitely be keen to take a look at. As for the left-back, I think it's fairly well-known amongst Borough fans uh, that we've had Reese Hannam on trial um, from, I think it was at Crystal Palace for his youth career. Had a loan spell at Bromley last year. He's an option uh, as a backup for Butler, um, but I'm sure that Evans is looking at other routes, uh, definitely, for that second left-back slot. Yeah, and I guess you're going to see that trickle-down effect from Premier League teams sorting out their squads for their slightly later starting season, and that trickles down to the Championship and trickles down to us as well. So you need that kind of lag between now and the end of uh, August when that sort of extra fringes to your squads get settled out. Uh, so when the team news came out yesterday, obviously uh, we were all waiting to see what that starting lineup would be. Um Six debutants, I, I, I make it on the starting lineup. It was only four last year, and we thought that was that was a lot. But it was uh, two more this year. Um, wh- what did we make of that? Not well, unexpected. Um, Sorry, go ahead, Ben. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, the first thing we've got to say is obviously, I think there are three three Thompsons deb- uh, making their debut yesterday, which uh, I mean. The amount of times that you get something like that in an EFL game, that must be pretty rare. Three people with the same last name all making their debut. Um, but I was I was mightily impressed by Louis Thompson. He was 
it, he was a definite contender for man of the match. Um, I think he, if we can keep him fit, because he has had injury problems, I think he's going to be the glue in that midfield this year uh, for sure. I think that Ben Thompson grew into the game. Um, he looked a little bit lightweight, I have to say, at the start. But he, when he grew into the game, you could see you know, he's got quality on the ball, which is something that we, we definitely need, having lost the likes of Jake Reeves. Um, and then, yeah, Nathan Thompson. I'm not sure if he's a central centre-back. I would like to see him on that right centre-back role. Um, but yeah, Pop, I mean, for the three Thompsons, no complaints from me. No, I mean, given the number of uh, new signings, it was always going to be something like that. You may be slightly surprised to see the two signed very, very recently towards that game happening, getting straight into the starting lineup. But I think in terms of Burns, it was just needs must for that sort of player. Um, I think when I predicted it, I had Wilding as the third centre-back and Kane Smith starting just because of their familiarity with the other players around the system. And we saw... Wild into that a bit last season and in pre-season. So it speaks very highly of uh, what they think of Burns, that they're willing to drop him straight into that system with a couple of days of the squad. Um, and likewise, Presley going straight in up front. I think it just kind of shows that back three, big man, small man up front system is what Steve wants to do predominantly by first intent. Um, and despite the fact we've got very new players coming into that system, it was worth that lack of familiarity to uh, get the system we wanted on the board. Yeah, and you look at, um, you touched on him there, Louis Thompson. I'd, I'd heard about him beforehand from some Portsmouth fans who said that, you know, you've got a good player there. He is a real good... In fact, in fairness, I've heard that from uh, about Nathan Thompson... Um, and a couple of the other new signings we've got. I, I haven't seen too many bad words about most of them, but Louis Thompson, I think Portsmouth fans were quite surprised, and I won't say upset, but you know, surprised that he'd, he'd, he'd moved on um, and that we've got a good one there. Um, and I think you're right, you know, a performance like yesterday, he was, he kind of ran himself into the ground and. Uh, probably needs a bit more game time as well um, to get himself fully into the way Steve Evans plays his football. But um, no, I, he, he did impress me. And that certainly he was the talk of the, of the press box and everybody that we were talking to after the game. Yeah, yeah. As I say, Thompson, for me, Louis, that is a definite man of the match contender, um, along with Burns, um, possibly... Possibly pitch, um, yeah. He he was he was really good. And, and a word for Dan Butler as well. Um, I mean, yeah, that first half, Dan Butler was our I would say our, our actually our biggest threat going forward. His link up with Jordan Roberts on that left hand side, getting the overlap those overlapping runs. It was forcing Northampton to sort of stick or twist. Um, either track the run of Butler, which would open up the space for Roberts, uh, or go with Roberts, and then we play Butler in behind. And you could see Luther doing it as well in the second half. And Roberts, a couple of occasions in that second half, he did get the space to get a shot off. Uh, and that was really encouraging. Yeah, I think... he's, he's a, Sorry, it's just a really good touch as well from Butler as well. 
he, the ball, you know, he, he takes some very difficult balls and controls it really well and maintains the possession um, almost with ease. And I, it, I, I was really impressed with him. Oh, all birds very well. Um, do you think the number of debutants was partly why they started slightly more disjointed than people were hoping and really grew into the game and had a uh, resurgent second half? For me, um, I think it was, I, I, was the case at the back. Well, I thought, I thought for, for, for probably half an hour or so, I was quite worried because um, that we, we looked disjointed, as you say, and I won't say disorganised, but it, they looked like there was a lack of uh, understanding there. And that's understandable. You've got Burns coming in for his first game. You've got um, Luther, who's played his first game on the right-hand side when he's been playing in that centre three. Um, and so, and they're all just trying to get used to each other. And, and I don't think Tay Ashby Hammond's had too much football either, has he? Um, so between them... I. They sorted it out, and Steve Evans alluded to that afterwards. You know, we we had a chat at half time, and the players sorted it out amongst themselves. Yeah, just touching on that, I I, I think we also have to consider we knew what Northampton were going to do. They they do come flying out the traps. Um, they you know they press you relentlessly, um, and you know that first half they they were I I would say on top. Um, their their press was was absolutely excellent. They they don't really give you the time on the ball that other teams may do. Um, and I and I have to say that in the second half, possibly as well with our players starting to gel, um, I think that they possibly tired themselves out a little bit. Uh, certainly, when I was reading what their fans' views were, I think that's pretty much what they said. Um, you know, they possibly lacked a little bit of fitness, whereas I think we preserved our fitness very well. Uh, we really managed our press. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that possibly played a bit of a factor as to why we were that much better in the second half as well. Bit of Steve Evans rope dope nice. <laughs> Absolutely. One thing that didn't really occur to us until probably midway through that first half either were the conditions. Um, we knew it was going to be wet. Didn't really ever feel that it was windy. And then all of a sudden, you just saw some clearances from Tay that were just holding up. And you thought, oh, you know, that's, that is windy. It didn't feel it from the stand. And then when you start looking and the rain started coming down a bit heavier again, it was blowing across that pitch. And, um, and I think that was quite a big factor as well because... It's so difficult playing into those conditions as well when you can't get rid of the ball and it's coming back at you every time. And in fairness, I thought Northampton played it well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it has to be up there with the worst conditions ever for an opening day of a season. <laughs> um, I mean, well, Colchester like and Swindon. <laughs> Colchester and Swindon were called off in League Two. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, but I I do think that yeah, especially that first half you mentioned with the clearances, potentially you know getting held up in the wind, it, it does help have having those conditions behind you. And uh, from from where I was watching the game, obviously on iFollow, I couldn't have told you that the conditions definitely played a part. But mm. when you listen to 
uh, John Brady and Steve Evans after the game, both of them mentioned uh, how the conditions possibly made it a game of two halves. Um, so, so yeah, I, I mean, from from hearing that, I'm going to say that the conditions probably did help us out a little bit in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, let's talk about that second half because uh, you touched upon it earlier. What a good performance. And I think I alluded to it yesterday. It, it, it was very similar to the uh, game at Northampton last season where we perhaps put in a, a, a below-par first half, um, but came back in the second half and should have gone on to win it. Um, and I remember John Brady afterwards saying, that's a good side. That is a good side there. Um, you know, he wasn't perhaps saying that last night. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, th- I think, um, you know, it was, it was very much the same. I, I don't think Northampton had much of a sniff in that second half. Yeah, and it bodes well for a side to be resilient enough to go away from home, weather a storm, and then um, come back strongly and, and finish a game which, although they didn't dominate the possession, it was like 41 to 59, they had the majority of the shots and the majority of the shots on target. And that goes to show they were doing the right things when they had the ball. And uh, to turn those close one-point games into a three-point game, it's the sort of result that propels you up the table and keeps you uh, comfortable and maybe threatening for, for bigger and better things. So, Bodes really well to start the season like this. Yeah, well, you yeah look at- I think, you know, oh, sorry, you say, um, you know, we, we really did make use of the ball. We're very effective when we had it. And I think what all the Northampton sort of fans after the game sort of recognised, usually when you lose to Steve Evans, you get a lot of, you know, quite quite irritated uh, comments about the way that we play. But they, they most of them just sort of said, you know, Steven have done, done a number on us today. <laughs> um, and I think that, I think, you know, they're, they're probably, probably right. Um, no, Northampton, you know, John Brady, I think he's a really good manager. Um, and, you know, he plays a really attractive style of football, uh, which, you know, when that goes well, Northampton would probably play quite a few teams in League One off the park. Um, but it's not to say that, you know, we haven't got that performance in us. You know, I, I put your mind back to, I think it was Sutton at home last year. And, um, you know, we absolutely played them off the park. I think Matt Gray, after the game, said that we were the best team that he'd seen. Um, so, yeah, but it's probably fair to say we, we may have done a bit of a number on them yesterday. Yeah, I, and but not so much using the dark arts, you know. It was, it was all literally playing them off the pitch, on the pitch, if you like. It, it was, you know, very much as the game was going on, we... We we turned it around. We used the conditions as they had in the first half. We closed them down. And they didn't have they didn't have um, a, a room, you know, any room at all in what to work with. And I can remember after we we got the lead um, on eighty minutes, Dean turning to me um, with about five minutes to fight. <laughs> Five minutes to end of time, which tend to be nineteen minutes before the end of time. Um, but <laughs> he, he, he did say that um, you know that they'll they'll have a chance. They'll have a chance. I'll turn. I just said to him, I don't think they will. They don't look like they're going to create a chance. No, no, they didn't really. The the only 
sort of threat in sit after we scored was that free kick uh, on the 90th minute yep. uh, from Leonard, which went just past the post. Um, but other than that, uh, and it's weird because when you go into like the sort of last sort of 10 minutes of the game and then you see f- 14 minutes of added time or whatever it was, you always you always feel quite nervous, you know, that you almost... I mean, I mean, the amount of times I've watched Stevenage over the years and we've conceded in the 90-plus seventh minute or something like that, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I, I sort of thought, oh, here we go again. But there wasn't really a point where I thought, yeah, Northampton are going to score here. No, you're yeah. dead right. And uh, it was... They, they managed the game well, um, but by playing football and playing with the ball and uh, just keeping the ball in that kind of final third, if you like, uh, 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 towards the Northampton goal. So you touched on it, Steve, with your comments about the extra time. We had a an edict from the EFL around how refereeing was going to subtly change moving into this uh, season. Did you see much of that, apart from... Uh, the the added time that we saw across the league yesterday being higher than usual. I saw mention of inconsistency around being very strict on booking Pidge early on for kicking the ball away and then not doing that consistently throughout the rest of the game, which got people's backs up. So uh, what were your thoughts on the, the change in refereeing emphasis? Well, do you know what? I Having watched the whole game, I felt my thoughts were the game was moving at a pace. There mm. was no that there was no time wasting. The, the, the ball was in play quite a bit, um, and I, obviously it's going to be the case with this multi-ball thing as well. They're taking quick throws and and that sort of thing. And we were we were utterly amazed when they held up fourteen minutes at the end. And I, I'm I'm not just saying that because we were one 0 up and uh, you know we had another fourteen minutes to play out. You just thinking yeah. what. Where has that 14 minutes come from? And, and that's what we don't know. Uh, because I thought that the game itself was 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 played at, at that pace. There was no time wasting from either side. Yeah, I, I imagine... I can't see that system making it to the end of the season. Um I mean, it's, the first half, there wasn't a single stoppage for an injury, a sub, or a goal. And there was eight minutes of added time. I was just confused, you know, where where has that time come from? Uh, the only real stoppage I could think of was when um, the referee was going over and he booked Steve Evans. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really confused. But there, there were so many instances of it yesterday where you looked and there were teams scoring in ridiculous minutes uh, to win the game at the end. I think Port Vale were away at Barnsley 6-0 down and there were 10 minutes of added time. (laughs) And I kind of get it that... I kind of get it that they want to um, make sure that we get actual in-play minutes and that teams don't ruin games with um, theatrics and stuff. But if there's not that much time wasting going on, you don't want games going on for like you know getting on for two hours and commentators getting home on the stroke of midnight having had to wait behind for management interviews and stuff it's uh yeah it, it well, if it go ahead just watching the game it seemed to be working whatever they told the players seemed to be working um forgetting the time 
because there were players that were going over and they'd be the odd theatrical, but when the referee just kind of waves play on, they were just getting up and carrying on. There was none of this stopping every five minutes or every every couple of minutes because somebody's rolling around on the floor who, who then just pops up and doesn't need treatment or you get the physio on for two or three minutes of treatment. There was none of it, absolutely none, um, which was great. I thought it was great because there were some hefty challenges going in. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a, 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 how can you say, a, you know, a, I'm trying to think of the word now, but, you know, there were a lot of challenges going in, but the players were just getting on with it. And it just shows that perhaps we have been been done for the last 10, 10 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe a good thing in the long run then, but some slight teething troubles perhaps uh, with match lengths in the yeah. short term. Probably worth it. Yeah, we'll be we'll be, we'll be playing stoppage time bingo next week. <laughs> well, my my theory is my theory is that the players are going to learn from it, and whatever reason the referee had to add fourteen minutes yesterday, the players are going to not want that themselves, are they? They're not going to want. It. Another quarter added to the end of the game, which is no, what we fair. saw yesterday, and and I think you know I I think it it should start improving um, as the season goes on. I hope that's the case because I I think the players themselves, you know, will will start learning and they know they're not going to get away with it. Having said that, kicking the ball away, come on, tell me about that. I mean, the. The problem was that the referee sort of, if you are going to book Piergiani, I actually, I don't have much of a problem with that. I really don't, you know, kicking the ball away, um, you know, it is, it is the dark arts. Uh, but there were so many other instances in the game where, you know, Stevenage players alike were still doing it. Um, yep. So were Northampton, um, but they're just... If you're going to do it to one player, you set you set a standard for the game, and, and it's got to be consistent. Um, and you could see the point that you know Evans was making. Uh, you could see the points that Piergiani was making. You know, all the way through the game. Um, so yeah, there, there's got to be there's got to be some consistency if if the EFL insist on you know standing by that. You couldn't. Really, it didn't really come across on iFollow because I, I saw. I replayed a little bit of it and I just saw that incident when Odimeo first kicked the ball away before Steve got booked. Um, and you you couldn't really see that on the camera. Um, and he didn't hoof it into Rosette. He just kicked it so that it was enough to take it out of play. And this was after the referee had given the free kick. He turned, started running towards the halfway line and then just kicked it out. And the referee just... Did nothing, and you can understand why Evans got so upset about it. But how would you, how would you feel if you were the manager, having seen your player do that and get away with it, two minutes later to do exactly the same thing, and then picks up a yellow card? Yeah, it's crazy, and that's the general uh, sentiment on Twitter as well. Was like, pitches one fine. If you're going to give those, give them, and we might be able to cut it out the game, and that's for everyone's benefit. But if you're going to give that one. You've got to consistently give it throughout the rest of the game, and it didn't feel like that happened, and uh, that's going to get people's backs up. Any sort of inconsistency like that's going to get people's backs up. 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure it takes too much to get Steve Evans' back up anyway. <laughs> but it's the default state. <laughs> four, 14 minutes into the season, he's off the mark. <laughs> well, he did say afterwards, didn't he? I've got no problem with the yellow card against me. Since I was there, I was waving my arms around. And that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> oh. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean... You know, only time will tell on these new rulings um, and, and, and and just how effective they are. I, I thought they were effective um, to a degree anyway before they started adding the time on. Um, but oh, 14 minutes just seemed ridiculous because it, 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 the ball just didn't seem to be out of play that long. Um, but yeah. there you go. There you go. Uh, um. So you know, let, let's let's look at the, the the players that were there. I mean, obviously, oh, come on, I've got my team sheet here somewhere. We we start looking at the um, the new faces in the Stevenage side. Um, we said there were six of them, um, which were Dan Butler, Finley Burns, Nathan Thompson, Louis Thompson, Ben Thompson, and Aaron Presley, all in the starting lineup. Was that an upgrade? Yeah, I. I... I have to say, I th- I think that all of them pretty much are. Um, I think the only place where I feel like we still maybe have made a loss is that is is possibly the midfield. Um, you know, I I didn't really hide it when, when the news came out. I was absolutely gutted when we lost Alex Gilby. Um, you know, he was mm. absolutely sensational for us last season. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I would necessarily call the Thompsons an upgrade on Gilby and Reeves yet, but I think that there's certainly potential there, uh, especially given how you know encouraging that performance was yesterday. Um, same with Presley. I think I still need to see a bit a bit more f- of him playing uh, to sort of, sort of say if he's an upgrade on Roden, Rose and Norris. But again, the sign's very encouraging. Uh, but the obvious one for me is Dan Butler. I mean, yes, you, you know, we had Saxon early on loan for the first half of last season. And, you know, you've only got to look at what he's doing now, you know, playing in the championship for Plymouth uh, or when he's back uh, from injury, he will be. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I think that Butler over Max Clark is a big upgrade. It's a very solid-looking... Um, 17. The concern is the lack of depth across that back line, given the couple of early season injuries that we've got. And, uh, you know, until we bulk that out a little bit, that's going to remain a concern because, regardless of how good your starting 11 is, if you lose another couple to that, it suddenly starts looking a little bit threadbare. And, you know, threadbare in the first month of the season is, is a worrying sign, given the attritional nature of a, a League One season. But, yeah, very strong um, starting eleven, strong bench, and I think yes, an upgrade on last year. It's early days to say it, but from what I've seen so far, let's not forget you've still got Jake Forster, Kasky came off the bench. Nick Freeman, I think, is as good a signing as we've made mm. so far, um, and he came on for Ben Thompson, and he made an impact as well. Um, he scored two goals last week against Tottenham as well. Um, he, he gets himself into those positions 
And again, you know, people from Wickham were saying, you know, I'm so surprised he's left. Um, and you, you've got a good in there. And he's a local lad, of course, as well. He's from Stevenage. But he, he's impressed me. And we haven't, we didn't see Alex McDonald yesterday at all. Um, and I think he can fit into that midfield as well. It, we're, we're almost in, in that situation that we were in last season, aren't we? Where you can, you can take players out and put other players in and it's, it's kind of seamless. Yeah, and that bodes really well when the drop-off from the bench to the pitch is very low. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, by all accounts, uh, McDonald has actually been one of our most impressive players in pre-season. Uh, and, and Nick Freeman yesterday, when he came on, he one thing that he did was he he really looked to drive us forward uh, in those last that last twenty five minutes plus stoppage. Um, so yeah, again, I'm 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 really impressed and uh, you know looking forward to seeing you know hopefully some of them will start on Tuesday against Watford um, and we get to see you know what they've got to offer. I forgot to look as well. Somebody was, you know, was saying all this added time and everything. What if it goes to added, uh, you know, if it goes to extra time <laughs> after you've played twenty minutes of added time? Um, I don't think, I don't think there is extra time in the in the League Cup, is there? No, no, I think it's straight to penalties. Yeah, not, none yeah, in the but, Carabao or the Papa John's. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. So. That shouldn't that shouldn't be an impact. Although we, we we're certainly putting those minutes in. Um okay, so yeah, I the signs are good. The signs are good without without a shadow of a doubt. And it's it's you know, it's it's really nice to be able to say that and like we did last last year as well. And strangely enough, travelling up to Northampton, a place I've been to many times and had some pretty sobering experiences there I can tell you over the years uh, but it's I always felt that we were going to get something from the game um, you know before we we even got there you just you, you just felt you know we'll be all right today I think you know we're, we're, we're going to do something um, and we don't often say that going to Northampton no we, we really don't uh, but do you know what uh, after the game I, I sort of reflected and it felt very similar to Tranmere at the start of last season, I think we all went there thinking, you know, we've got we've got a good side, but you know, Tranmere on paper last year at the start of the season looked fairly strong, uh, and it was a place where mm. we don't we don't usually go and get a result, um, but you know, we've come away with, with a, a narrow win, uh, you know, yesterday and back then. Um, you know, if if we could have the same rest of the same forty five games after that, it would be absolutely lovely. Very much so. Bring on Tuesday night at the Lamex for next week. Before we do that, before we talk about Tuesday, let's uh, let's look at the uh, other results in League One yesterday, and there was some some real turn ups along there as well. I'll just run through the scores first, and then maybe we can pick out some highlights. Barnsley seven, Port Vale nil. Blackpool 2, Burton 0. Bolton 3, Lincoln 0. Cambridge 2, Oxford 0. Carlisle 1, Fleetwood 1. Charlton 1, Lake Orient 0. Derby 1, Wigan 2. Obviously, Stevenage winning at Northampton. Portsmouth 1, Bristol Rovers 1. Reading 0, Peterborough 1. 
Shrewsbury 1, Cheltenham 0 and Wickham 0, Exeter 3. There's a few standout scorelines in there. What do you think, <laughs> you guys think? Yeah, must have been a quiet day at the office at Barnsley. <laughs> <laughs> no one oh, likes getting bracketed. <laughs> oh, my word. I, 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 remember see, re, I remember reading something that Port Vale were desperate for some firepower up front. I think they need some defenders. <laughs> They're desperate for everything by the looks of that, yeah. And you've got to think, like, Barnsley lost a playoff final, so are they going to lick their wounds and be feeling sorry for themselves or are they going to come back firing? And clearly it's the latter. Yeah. Poor, poor yeah. They looked pretty ropey last season and clearly things haven't improved since then. Mm. Yeah, and, and do you know um, what? I, I've actually been f- fairly impressed with Vale's business Um this summer, I've, I've, I thought they bought quite well, um, but you know they they just couldn't live with uh, Devant Cole yesterday. He uh, he absolutely tore them apart, you know, with, with his pace especially. Um, so yeah, yeah, very impressed by Barnsley, and they'll they'll be in for a strong season. Mm. Cambridge winning two nil at home to Oxford was that a surprise? Uh, yes, I I, th- I think so. I think if you look at the transfer window and you were making a table of which team has won the transfer window, I think Oxford would have been at the very least in the playoffs to everyone and Cambridge would probably have been in the relegation zone. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm very surprised at that one. Um, but, you know, fair, fair, fair play to Cambridge, um, you know, if you if you're being written off, um, then you know going out and sort of shutting everyone everyone up, uh, you know, fair play to them. Yeah, the one thing yeah. they have in their favour is they've got one of the longest serving managers in the league. So having that manager squad consistency can help you get more out of what you've got than uh, people may expect. Maybe that's what happened on the weekend. Okay, Carlisle, that's a good point at Fleetwood, or at home to Fleetwood anyway, on the opening day, I guess. You'd probably expect Charlton to beat Orient on the first day. Derby 1, no Wigan 2. That was probably the most surprising for me. Certainly, when we did the predicted league table episode last last time out, I had Derby top and Wigan getting relegated. So, yeah, um, Wigan fighting off some of those minus eight points early doors and... Uh, you know, they're a big side for this division, so you'd think they might, but you never know how much the sort of turmoil they've had over the summer affects the uh, the build-up, clearly not as much as I'd envisaged. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, that was a surprise. I don't, I don't think there'll be many teams that go to Pride Park and win this season. Uh, but, you know, we talk about upsets. One that I really didn't see coming was uh, Exeter, 3-0 at Wickham. Um, you know, I've I thought that Wickham would be at, at the very least in the top half this season. I actually have them sort of in and around the playoffs. Um, but, you know, 2-0 down after four minutes. I mean, Exeter missed a penalty as well. Um, yeah, I was I was really surprised by that, um, you know, sort of capitulation from Wickham in the first half. Um, so, mm. yeah, hats off to Exeter. There's... Um... Obviously, some work to be done at Wickham, and um, you look at Matt Bloomfield. I used to love him as a player. I just thought he was such a good pro, a good player who 
who, who did things the right way. You know, he, he, there was just something special about Matt Bloomfield, and he's a bit of a Wickham legend. Um, whether he's got it in him to to um, to, to do it, I don't know. So, it, it, somebody suggested yesterday it, it was a little bit uh, like Alex Ravel taking the role, um, and it's, it's poss- possibly a, a true statement as well. Yeah, maybe too much um, maybe, too soon, you're thinking. Maybe a little bit too early for him. It's always going to be a difficult transition as well after so many years of Gareth Ainsworth having trying to shape it in your own image, even if you've been you know long term player at the club. And they do seem to be a club who keep a few around long term, like Joe Jacobson's been there years, hasn't he? So yeah. Uh, well, the, the other thing I'd heard about him was that he changed everything. Before the game, he changed the dugouts. He changed his office at the training ground. He wasn't in the same office that that Ainsworth used to use. So they've, they've made lots of these tweaks, and you just think, you know, sometimes you you don't do that, do you? When you players do like um, things to be the same, and they know what they're doing. When you start changing things around, it it, it, it kind of it it works against you. And I'm and I'm wondering whether that's the case. Yeah, it yeah, could maybe. Be. Um, I, I mean, I'm just looking at their lineup now. There, there were a number of debutants as well in that Wickham team, so it could just be, you know, a case of you know letting them sort of grow into it. Um, but as as we know, it's an it's an unforgiving uh, profession, football, and, and you know, if if you don't grow into it fast enough, then you, know, you could be out the door very quickly. Yeah. And somebody, actually, I think somebody phoned into the show yesterday on Three Counties and suggested that maybe, just maybe, um, Gareth Ainsworth won't last too long at QPR. <laughs> and if things aren't going well at Wickham, <laughs> Gareth Ainsworth will come back. So, yeah. What makes you think <laughs> that? You heard it <laughs> well, let's talk about that because we need to talk about Tuesday night. Um, Opponents, of course, Watford, a side that we've only ever played once competitively, and uh, we didn't win that one. But it's um, they had a decent win themselves yesterday. Yeah, yeah absolutely tonked QPR, and it sounded like four 0 up at half time, and then just coasted the second half. So they should be nice and well well rested for Tuesday night as well. Yeah, I think I think sort of like the general view that I've been getting from from my, my Watford mates, that they've all been saying, you know, QPR were actually just struggling to get out of their half uh, in the first half. Uh, and Watford just, they, they were they were clinical. Uh, I mentioned it before we came on here, but uh, Imran Lauza looks looks some player. Uh, he looked like he should not have been playing uh, in the championship. That's one thing for sure. Um, you know, he was just absolutely unplayable yesterday. So, Hopefully that he doesn't play on Tuesday. Just to yeah. look at the stats for that game, it was seventy-one uh, percent possession to Watford against twenty-nine. Twenty-four shots they had, thirteen on target, as opposed to QPR's four with one on target. And you know, oh, that must be horrible if you're a QPR fan to read things like that. Yeah, they've hemorrhaged a bit of talent over the summer as well, haven't they? It does seem like a quite a dispirited place to be at the moment. Yeah, definitely. 
Oh, I wonder if uh, Ilias Chair is looking to uh, looking for another club at, at any point. <laughs> There's a club playing red and white in League One. He'll take him. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, talking about Watford, of all the signings they've made during the summer, they didn't use any of them yesterday. Certainly not in the starting lineup. I would. I would be half expecting to see them there on Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? There's one, there's one signing um, that I'm very aware of. They've signed a Georgian midfielder. I'm, I'm gonna say Chak Vatadze. I've, I've probably said that. Oh, don't do, don't do that to me. If he plays on, yeah. on Tuesday night, that's going to be a problem for me. He he is a <laughs> he's a very promising uh, young uh, sort of attacking midfielder. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you where they've signed him from. I feel like it may be somewhere in like Belgium, maybe. Um, I should probably do my research uh, on that one. But he is a he's a promising <laughs> young attacking midfielder. Um, I've watched their highlights from yesterday and the cameo uh, from him looked very promising. Um, so I would watch out for him on Tuesday, definitely. But then, as you say, they didn't use any of them yesterday. Um, and, and I do still think that there'll be a couple of lads who they used yesterday uh, who, will, who will probably play 90 minutes on Tuesday. I think you have to, don't you? You, you have to keep... Um players that played at the weekend I'm pretty sure within the squad although the squad's massive these days isn't it but yeah you're right and I, I, I mean I'd probably expect seven or eight changes from Watford which I think does work to our advantage they were up against let's face it a poor QPR side um, and that's maybe what happened with Reading last year they perhaps thought you know we'll make the changes going to you know with Stevenage visiting us in the cup and and we turn them over. Yeah, and we have the distinction of... I mean, we talked about the, the lack of drop-off between our starting eleven and our bench. We also don't have much beyond that that's available at the moment, so we can't weaken our squad to any appreciable extent, which uh, means if you come in very much changed with a weakened side, you're going to put yourself in a predicament, as a few clubs found last year. And, you know, looking forward to the first home game of the season... Um, under the lights and uh, hoping that that's what happens to give us the edge. Um, fingers crossed for like a 2-1 win against a, a slightly weakened Watford side. So what do you, what do you think the Stevenage lineup's going to be? I mean, I think there'll be changes there. I think you could, as, as we said, you know, it's probably fairly seamless as well. I, I would imagine that most of those bench players will be starting. Um Probably too early for the likes of Elliot List. Um, I think he did say there's probably another 10 days for him. Uh, they just want to make sure that he's right rather than just uh, throw him in on, on, on because they, you know, they, they feel that they need to get him on the pitch. Um, I pray he's probably going to be the same squad, but just, um, you know, throw, throw the balls up in the air and it'll just be in a, in a, in a different order. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you'd expect to see Smith come into that back five, maybe, but the rest of it basically has to stay as it is. Um, I'd expect to see some Alex McDonald and um, 
yeah, he was pretty prominent in pre-season. So, and likewise, Nick Freeman, you'd expect both of those guys to get a start and get some minutes. We might see Presley again, I guess, if he wants to keep that uh, target man um, in the squad, because basically that's what we've got in that position, unless you push Roberts into that role. So maybe Presley with Marsh up, with March up alongside him to, uh, you know, rotate with uh, with Jamie Reed, And then it'll be interesting to see what we do about uh, goalkeepers and whether we have the kind of cup goalkeepers that you see a lot of teams doing and um, see Hedgy get a start, the uh, guy we got in on loan for West Ham. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I, I'd like to see Heggy get a game. Um, really, you know, I think he deserves a chance to show us what he can do. Uh, and in the Carabao Cup, which you know, as much as I, I could dream, we're, we're not going to win the Carabao Cup. Um, so I, I think it's a fairly good environment to play in. Yeah, it's kind of a free hit to get some uh, some minutes under your belt and some kind of cohesion practice to go into the more important league games it's it's a little bit more important now i think than it will be later on in the run isn't it because i just think now you look you're still in that kind of pre-season mode aren't you, you you're still trying to get the best thing but aaron presley for me i was i was impressed with him to a degree yesterday but i think there's bits of his play that they'll be working on to uh to there was a couple of bits when you know you just saw you need him to track back, and he he didn't. He stopped, and you got, oh, you know, he he might he might have a word or two in in his ear after at the end of the <laughs> game from from the gaffer over that. Um, he's got to learn that way, but that's understandable. He's come from a Premiership club, and um, he's only been with us for a couple of days. I think that will be drummed out of him fairly quickly, <laughs> and that's the sort that's the sort of thing that you know you want, and a win against. Watford, or at least a decent performance against Watford, you know, go out on penalties or whatever, and it, it works. It works wonders for the for the, for the squad and the morale, and, and uh, you know, you still know that you're competing against sides that are going to be better than you in a higher higher place. And I just think that you know, you, it's nice at this time. Of year. Whereas later on, if you get through to round three, four. And you're up against your, your Tottenham's or Everton's or whatever, you just expected to lose. Yeah, and we saw in pre-season that they can create chances without that recognised target man. You know, we saw a lot more um, long diagonal switches to like a combination of Roberts and Butler out wide on the left, and then creating chances for your reads and your marches and your lists in the centre. Now, granted, it's going to be easier to do that against Hitchin than it is against. Watford, even if they weaker their side to an extent, but still, it's within the capabilities of the squad to do that, either from the good ball-playing centre-backs that we've got, or from a, a, a deep-lying quarterback-type midfielder, which we've uh, got in the squad in abundance at the moment. OK, so any predictions? Predictions for Tuesday night? I guess we've got to have that. I'm sticking with it. I'm going 2-1 Stevenage. Uh, I'm going to go for wow. I'm going to go for a one-all draw and uh, Stevenage to win on penalties. Oh, and you're having Hedgie in goal making his uh, like triumphant debut. It, it's very possible. I seem to remember uh, Joseph Anang doing that a couple of years ago against uh, yeah. Luton. 
That'd be incredible. That's more of a fairy tale than taking the final wicket to draw the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go a two-one. No, three-two. I'll go three-two. Stevenage. Oh, big excitement for the first game back. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I think I think we'll still be in the hat for round two. Um, just quickly looking ahead, Shrewsbury on um, on Saturday. That's um, that's that's going to be another one of those interesting ones, isn't it? We we really don't know too much about them. Yeah, got got a no. one 0 win yesterday uh, against Cheltenham. Uh, I, I think most people probably imagine Cheltenham to be at the bottom of the league this season. Um, sadly, um, but I think Shrewsbury, yeah, it's a bit of an unknown. Um, what what they're going to bring? Um, I'm really looking forward to it because with Northampton, we already sort of knew. What what they offer, you know, how they play. Shrewsbury, you know, we haven't played Shrewsbury in a very long time now, um, so I'm really looking forward to playing against, you know, a seasoned League One side. Yeah, because they've got that law league experience and we have league history, but they feel like the sort of size club we should be able to establish ourselves as being. They don't seem that much like larger and better endowed so you know it's a good barometer to measure yourself against in the league if it's the sort of teams you want to be trying to um you know extend yourself past matt taylor their boss as well steve um oh, i forgot my surname steve um what's his name the uh cotterell steve cotterell that's it he um he obviously moved on in the summer and uh matty taylor former luton and Portsmouth, uh, left foot like a wand. <laughs> um, he's in charge there. Yeah, I, I imagine. Locking horns with experienced Steve Evans will be a tough ask for him. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, I imagine, you know, Shrewsbury probably play, um, you know, a, a fairly attractive style of football, I'm going to say, with Matt Taylor in charge. I haven't uh, watched anything on them yet. That'll be one of my tasks this week. Uh, you know, see how they play, the patterns of play, but it's going to be so hard to sort of see that with pretty much you've only got footage from one game because Taylor's only been in charge for one game. Um, uh, yeah. Whoever they've got in the Carabao Cup in midweek as well. But, you know, looking at it on the face of it, I, there's a possibility they might play a back three as well, um, almost going man for man with us, uh, as Northampton pretty much did yesterday. Um, so, you know, whether Evan sticks with the same formation or not, I imagine he will. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Okay. And let's have a quick prediction on that one. I'm, I'm, I'll start. I'm, I'm going to go for a one-all draw on that one. KG. I'm going to mm. go 2-0 Stevenage. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1. We're strong at home, I hope. Okay. Okay. Okay, guys. Um, being the newbie here, I don't know if there's anything else we need to add. I'm just mindful of the time. Pat, anything that I've missed? Anything that we need to uh, to discuss or anything? No, we've covered absolutely everything that was in my list of stuff to uh, to get through, and we normally just finish with a hearty up the borough. <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't, uh, well 
just before you do that, I'll let you do that one again because <laughs> just just wanted to say that you know Nate, I'm just sat in for Nate today. He's on family business, and we 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 wish him all the best, and you know for uh, for for what he's uh, up to at the moment, and uh, I'm sure he'll be back next week and and in the hot seat and back to his expert self. Absolutely, yeah. This is the first episode he's missed of like the 57 we've done, I think. This is 57. So, yeah, best wishes, Nate, and uh, we hope you're back as soon as you can be. Yeah, best wishes, All Nate. Right. Now, you can do, now you can do your up, up your borough after we've said big thank you to Ben. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us, Ben. Thanks for having me, guys. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. Till Tuesday night. Up the borough. Here's Dean Campbell. Drills it! And he scores! And Stevenage has taken the lead here at Villa Park! And a wall in his head! Oh! Yeah! Oh! What a goal! Wall in! There goes the final whistle. And Stevenage has sealed promotion! What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNugget's share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.